man the elephants. Uh, today on the talent cast, we are going to get positively Carthaginian. Yes, that's right. Some Roman history to talk about strategy. Uh, for those of you who don't care about Roman history, don't worry. We're going to dive deeply into an employer brand, the concept, truly understand the concept of employer brand strategy because most of us, and I'll count myself on the number because I'm a human being, like to talk about tactics because it's more fun, uh, but you got to do strategy. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. So, standard stuff, blah, 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 jamesellis.us, blah, 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 employerbrandconsulting, um, you know, stuff. Anywho, go sign up, go say hello. Oh, the talentcast.com. That's what you're listening to. That's me. How you doing? So let's talk about strategy. I want to thank... Uh, <laughs> Jason loves, and he knows that I'm a sucker. Uh, he loves to ping me, Jason Crowell, over at Brady Trucking. Um, he's sent me questions before, and I've answered them, and I love it when he does it. So his question today is strategy. And it's really not a question. That's more of a statement. I understand that. Uh, but this, I, and he's 100% right. He talks about how everybody wants to talk about tactics over strategy, except it feels like we're missing something. And we are. We are 100% missing something. Um, I once had a boss who was very, 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 very well paid, who literally didn't understand the difference between strategy and tactics. Literally, we'd say, let's come up with a strategy, and then she would just start spitballing tactics, and everybody around the room would say, we may not be geniuses, but at least we know that that's not what we're here to do. And I don't think she's the weird one. I think most people don't get strategy. Strategy is something that's usually misunderstood on a lot of different levels, so we're gonna try and define it a little bit, come up with a simple process on how you can develop yours, maybe even some examples of what a good strategy might be in the employer brand recruitment marketing space, okay? Sound like a lot of fun? I hope so. I know I'm going to have a lot of fun, but I'm the one with the microphone. So here we go. So my favorite example, my favorite, favorite, favorite example of strategy is Hannibal. And I know going to a, a war analogy metaphor story when you're talking about strategy is just like an old chestnut, but it's great. It's fantastic. And the, it was simple because the, <clears throat> here's the idea. Hannibal was attacking Rome and Hannibal had crossed the Alps. And we're talking like 200 BC, by the way. Um, the Punic Wars, as it were. I believe this was the second Punic Wars. Hannibal lost a lot of men and, and elephants and, and resources crossing the Alps and all that good stuff, trying to, to destroy his enemy in Rome. Rome, superpower of the time, of course, had a huge army. In fact, had effectively twice as big an army as Hannibal. Now, this is the day when <clears throat> standard tactics were you box up with your shields and you fight square on square. Right, it's, it's it's very simple. You put your you interlock your shields so that you know arrows and stuff. Were they even arrows? More like slings. Uh, I don't even know how much the arrows were uh, used, but it's a lot of pikes, which is long sticks, 
um, and swords. Very simple stuff. Very rudimentary stuff. There wasn't a lot of technology. Um, it wasn't until a, you know a literally centuries later that the longbow became a, a huge implement for changing warfare. And of course, a couple uh, centuries after that, you have the gun, and then siege warfare and siege mentalities and trebuchets and all that good stuff but i will let the history channel handle all that stuff for me assuming the history channel even does history anymore so we're back to carthage or really more back to hannibal and hannibal had a problem he's trying to attack the roman army the roman army is twice as big in a day and age when size was everything right if there was it's just like boxing right if the, if the box was twice the size the bigger boxer's going to win 99.99 times out of 100. It's just almost impossible for the smaller boxer, the smaller army to win because effectively they're attacking each other the same way. You get everybody to line up, you put all your best people in the front, you put them all in the center, and you have them attack the opposing army. Now, the opposing army does kind of the same thing. They put all their best weapons and, and men and, and stuff right on the front and they attack. Maybe they start with a wave of horses. Maybe they start with a wave of uh, infantry. It doesn't matter. Very subtle, simple changes, but it was straightforward. Hannibal said, well, I came all this way. <laughs> I'm going to attack these people. I'm going to get them, but I can't do it the obvious way. What is my goal here? Well, my goal, obviously, is to beat that army, to beat Rome to beat them up. What is the environment? Well, it's a fairly open environment, so there's not a lot of opportunities to use the environment, the ecosystem around me as leverage. There wasn't necessarily a river or mountains or anything to kind of leverage, and there wasn't a box canyon or anything like that. Um, so we can't really leverage that. So well, how are we going to win? Well, I think the goal of winning isn't just to take equal armies opposing each other and hope for the best. I think what we need to do is fight strength not with strength, but with weakness. That is to say, instead of putting our best guys against their best guys and seeing who the best guys are, which means I'm going to lose because they've got a lot more guys, um, I can't fight that way. If I go strength for strength, I'm going to lose. It's a guaranteed. I, you know, that's a hope is not a strategy idea. Guaranteed. So what I have to do is look at the resources I have around me and array them and align them in such a way that I maximize my opportunity for winning, achieving, for achieving the goal, which is beating this army. So what Hannibal did, genius that he was, instead of putting his best guys on the front in the middle, he put his best guys and horses on the outside. So you kind of think about think about a, a big line of army, right? One big line against another big line in parallel, right? They, they fight each other over the course of a very big field or a very big uh, uh, space, right? You have left flank, you have the right flank, you have the front, you, you know, the, the front and the back. And, the, flank, and the, 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 the lines of armies just kind of push towards each other and fight until someone's not dead, right? So what he did instead is, is instead of putting all my best guys in the middle, I'm gonna put my best guys on the far outsides. And what's going to happen is I'm going to put my worst guys in the middle. So when we meet the army, the Roman army is going to start to, their best guys are in the middle, and they're going to hit my worst guys, and they're going to beat the pants off me. But that's good. Because while they're busy focusing on this place where they have the most contact, the most fighting happening, my best guys are going to flank them from the outside, surround them, and kill them from all directions. He took an army that was half the size of the Roman army, was tired from, from travel, wasn't in their own territory, had no home court advantage, so to speak, and all he did was arrange those resources he had access to differently and was able to achieve a huge and momentous victory. It's called the Battle of Cannae, C-A-N-A-E, I believe. My Latin is poor. Um, 
but it's super famous. And it's my favorite example of strategy. That is to say, <clears throat> focusing not on the process, but focusing on what is the outcome I'm trying to achieve, what resources do I have to achieve it, what is the ecosystem in which I'm going to achieve it, and thinking about how will I use the ecosystem environment and the resources I have to maximize my opportunity to win. That, in a nutshell, is called strategy. Now, at no point did he say, I'm sure, I'm guessing, I don't know, did he say, I'm going to put the archer guy 50, 150th from the left, or I'm going to leverage this very cool, I'm going to make some pits, or I'm going to use a different kind of steel for my swords, or I'm going to use longer swords or shorter swords. That's more tactic-based thinking. He wasn't thinking about what is the implication of each little decision, but really about how do I arrange things such that everybody doing what they're already doing, i.e. hacking and slashing and stabbing, um, hiding behind a, a shield or, a, or, <clears throat> or, army or armor or whatever, how do I arrange them such that when they do what they're going to do, I'm going to win? And he was willing to say, I'm willing to sacrifice my worst guys. Sorry, guys. Uh, history will never remember you. Um, because it achieves the bigger goal. Instead of saying, which, what, which is what armies have been doing for literally centuries, is saying, I'm going to go best for best. I'm going to take your best guy and my best guy, and they're going to go at it. And I'm going to take my best, second best guy, and your second best guy, and they're going to go at it. And they're going to fight. And whoever's left fights each other. That's pretty much how it was. And so your job was to either have much better men or a lot more men, and that was the key to victory. That was your strategy at the time, because that's the way you fought. And all Hannibal did was say, I'm going to rearrange my guys, give up a position in the middle, suck the Romans into the space I want them to be in, surround them, so they're being attacked from all sides, they can't defend themselves nearly as well as they can when they're all lined up in the front like they always do, and I'm going to crush them, and that's exactly what he did. So <clears throat> aside from being a particularly bloody start to a podcast, um, why are we talking about that? Well, it's because think about it. Think about your decisions you make when you're an employer brand in recruitment marketing, when you're recruiting, when you're talent acquisition. The decisions you're making are your day-to-day -day activities. Who are you reaching out to? How are you reaching out to them? What channels are you reaching out to them? Are you spending money on Glassdoor? Are you spending money on LinkedIn? Are you spending money on Indeed? Are you spending money on Built-in? Are you spending money on the Muse? Are you, are you, are you, are you? The list goes on and on. And these are all tactics. They're tactics. You may have a social strategy, but really social media itself is a tactic. The fact that you're using social media to achieve a goal is a kind of sub-strategy, but really the idea is what are you trying to achieve and how are you going to achieve it? And then the nitty-gritty is the tactics. So when we say what is your employer brand strategy or what is your talent acquisition strategy or what is just your talent strategy, the answer cannot be we put videos on the Muse or we record a lot of videos. Those are tactics. We respond to people on Glassdoor. That's a tactic. We invest heavily in winning awards. That's a tactic. A strategy says, and let's come up with a framework, just a really simple, loose framework uh, of how to think of a strategy. And I, I want to I'll put a pin in that and I'll come back to that in a second. Because I think what happens when we talk about strategy, strategy is one of those things where if you throw the word strategy in someone's title, right, you effectively give them a $20,000 raise, right? The person who is a, um, a media specialist gets paid one thing. The media strategist gets paid a lot more. The account 
manager gets paid one thing, the account strategist gets paid a lot more. Um, we equate strategy with all these things, one of which is money. The other thing we equate strategy with is a plan. If you Google business strategy, almost all the results on the first two pages are about how to develop a business strategic plan. That's not a strategy. A strategy is an idea. A plan is a means by which you do it, and that's a whole separate ballgame. Also think of how other people use the word strategy, and mostly we're, we're misusing it, right? For example, you come up with a problem, and, you, and someone says, let's think about this strategically. What they really mean is not let's come up with a strategy, but what they really mean is let's stop and actually you know, use a brain cell and stop and think this through a little bit more. Right? Strategy is usually another word for plan. It's usually another word for thought process, and they're all wrong. A strategy is simply how am I going to leverage the resources and, and ecosystem in front of me to achieve a particular goal. The other thing to remember about strategy, before we get too far into the weeds, is that it is simple. Strategies are really simple. Right? Let's look at back to Battle of Cannae. The strategy was do not put your strength against their strength, but to use your strength and encircle an attack from the other side, the, the side they weren't expecting. That was the strategy. That battle played on all day. There are tiny, tiny, tiny little battles and individual fights that happen between people that impacted the overall outcome of the strategy, but the strategy could be expressed in a single sentence. We won't put strength with strength, we will meet their strength with our weakness and surround them with our strength to attack from an opposite side. Simple strategy. Okay? Look at business strategy. Amazon, great example because I use it all the time because I love them. They have half my money. Um, their strategy was if we continue to invest all of our income, all of our revenue into growing the business, eventually we are so big we have to win. It was a strategy of growth. It was a strategy of being the biggest one wins. And while they started by selling just books and you got, you know, Jeff kind of sitting at a desk made of a door and the concept of looking at those pictures back when they started and saying this, their strategy was to get big. Yeah, their strategy was get big. Their strategy was we are not going to take any profits out of this. All the profits, all the revenue go back into the business. We were always growing the business. They took hits on the stock market for years and years and years. They used to be famous for this, for not taking any profits, for not, for literally being unprofitable because they were investing more into the business as they were growing. They were feeding the growth, not to just get bigger, which that was what it was, but to focus on, okay, now that we've got books, how do we get into CDs and records? Now that we've that, how do we get to shoes? How do we get to clothes? How do we get to uh, doodads? How do we get to all these other things? How do we become the world's biggest store? How do we enable other people to sell their goods through our store? How do we take a tax on that? How do we, how do we, how do we? And their entire strategy was let's get big. They didn't specialize. In fact, they had the opposite strategy. They, they said as soon as we nail down a market and we get it and we're doing it right, we move on to the next one. We're always adding new markets. I remember when they added sportswear, sports uh, implements, right? You know, skis and, 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 and balls and whatever. They added that on as another store. There used to be a time in Amazon, and you can Google this, where each of the individual stores was a tab across the top. Now, if you go to Amazon and you click on show me all the departments, that list is really long. Um, th there was a time in which it was four or five tabs. There was a time in which it was books, music, clothing. That was it. And when they launched the fourth one, it was a big deal. They launched a fourth store. It's going to be about sporting goods or whatever the hell it was. I can't remember what it was. 
they went and focused on big. They didn't specialize. They didn't get niche. They didn't get granular. They didn't get deep. They got big. Their strategy was let's get big. What is Ferrari's strategy? Is it to get big? Well, no. It's to get expensive. It is to become a luxury good, to become so singular and unique that only a handful of people can possess one. And in possessing one, it speaks volumes of the owner. That is the Ferrari strategy, right? Every company has a different strategy, but the strategy is usually simple. Somebody once said, and I'm going to butcher it, but the, the, the sentiment is pretty clear. Strategy is obvious. Tactics are surprising. So if your strategy is to get big as Amazon's was or Walmart's was, how you got big, the means in which you do that, the channels you chose, the, the tactics of how do you, which, which uh, was it going to be, are you growing through low price? Are you going through service? Are you going through whatever? All those things were tactics. They were means to achieve the strategy, but the strategy was always get big. Walmart strategy is always big, which is why Walmart and Amazon are fighting all the time now because they were both had effectively the same strategy. They were both very effective at achieving that strategy and leveraging that strategy to destroy as many people as they could around them. They just can't use that strategy on each other, which is why that things are getting interesting over there, right? So strategy is effectively simple. It's obvious. It's something you can say in a sentence. Tactics get complicated. Tactics are surprising. Tactics are clever. Strategies are rarely clever. Strategies are, we're going to overwhelm you. We are going to avoid you. We are going to hide in plain sight. There are a lot of strategies, but you know, those strategies are usually very, very simple, right? How you play chess is about, I'm going to misdirect you. I'm going to take own the center and win from the center. Strategies are simple. So let's bring it back home. Let's bring it back to employer brand recruiting. What are some strategies we can approach? Now, if we assume in this day and age, it's not too big an assumption, that all the talent that we would want is taken, you might say that our talent strategy is to poach, is to not assume people will find us, but that our entire model, our systems, our resources are geared towards going out and getting them. So far, so good? Fantastic. But if you can't get enough of this stuff, I have some news. You can bring the James Ellis experience to your event or company. Just go to jamesellis.us and learn about all the kinds of custom presentations I can build and deliver for you or your team. But if it's time to get some hands-on help with your employer branding, recruiting, and hiring, either from the ground up or some strategic support, I would love to help. Just reach out to Proactive Talent or ProactiveTalent.com. That's where I work, and we can help you hire better. Cool? Cool. All right, let's get back to it. Now, a lot of you are doing that naturally. You just may not call it a poaching strategy. What happens is once you put a name to a concept like a strategy, like poaching strategy, it's amazing how all the different resources in your company start to come to bear and align on that strategy. Strategies of let's go put our jobs on Indeed or tactic like let's go put our jobs on Indeed or job boards, does that lead to poaching? No, it doesn't. So stop spending the money there. That's not your strategy. Your strategy is we're going to arm our recruiters and our employer brand people and our staff and however, and again, the tactics you use to achieve the strategy are very up to you. But the strategy is we're going to go find great talent and drag them kicking or screaming back to our company. What are we going to offer them? That's a tactic. How are we going to re reach them? That's a tactic. 
What are we going to say when we reach them? That's another tactic. But the strategy is we're going to focus on poaching. We're not going to focus on people finding us. It's not going to be an inbound strategy. Though, by the way, inbound could be a strategy. You could simply say, look, we're going to make it incredibly easy for people who are looking for a job to find us and apply. And we're going to make it incredibly easy for them to learn about us. It's an inbound strategy. You're not poaching people. You're letting people come to you. Absolutely valid strategy. And I expressed it in a sentence. How you communicate it, tactic. Channel on which you communicate, tactic. The strategy, inbound. Here's another strategy. This one uh, made famous by Enterprise Holdings, and I know it's used by a couple of others, and that is we only hire at the bottom, meaning we only hire entry level. We do not hire upper level people. We hire them from within. So our entire strategy is you grow from the bottom, from the roots, meaning recruiters are only out there beating the bushes to find entry-level talent. And entry-level talent comes up and they rise through the same process everybody does, but having be, becoming really good at it, they could be the CEO one day. They might just manage a branch one day, but they all start the same. They do not hire talent from the outside very often. In fact, they do it, they're famous for not doing it. They only bring in talent from the bottom. They grow it, they develop it. They, that is their strategy. Our strategy is starting at the bottom. There's a lot of value with strategy like that because entry-level people are cheaper, not just in salary, but to find them and to attract them. They don't have as much selectivity. They don't have as many options. They're not you know, uh, weighing the offer from Google and Facebook and Enterprise Holdings, which is a car rental st- uh, business, right? Um, they're, they're talking about, do I go back to college or do I take this job? Their question is, do I start an entry-level job doing data entry or do I you know, do management trainee? There's a lot of different sets of considerations and thus your, your tactics will be different. But the strategy is start from the bottom. Your strategy might be a position. In the same way we go back to Carthage, it's not so much that they decided that, that Hannibal said, We're, our strategy is to get bigger because you can't. Uh, I mean, you could. You could go raid some towns or wait, you know, camp out for a couple of months until reinforcements showed up and then fight the battle. I'm not sure that anybody would wait for that battle. But uh, Carth- uh, Hannibal's, posi- Hannibal's strategy was positioning. I'm going to array my material such that I will win. A valid strategy in that regard might be we are going to be the anti-whatever. You want to? Let's go back to Amazon again. You could be the anti-Amazon. You say, anything that Amazon does, we do the inverse of. We do the opposite of. Why? Well, it's easily to communicate. Everybody knows what Amazon is. Everybody knows how Amazon Amazon works. And for every person who looks at Amazon and goes, that's an amazing place to work, there's at least one person who looks at that and goes, oh, no way. Well, why not hire that person? Be the anti something. It's your position. It's how you're positioning your brand relative to another brand. Your brand, your strategy could be purely about a system. Enterprise is kind of in that model. Because their strategy is to bring people in, the, the way a new hire raises, rises up the ranks and elevates themselves and gets promoted isn't accidental. They, enterprise built a system to train people, to develop skills at an entry level, skills that they would need all the way up the ladder. They develop resources because they're not hiring outsiders. They're developing on the inside. Therefore, all their resources have to be about building systems that build talent, that develop talent. That's their system. That's their strategy, right? Uh, One more. What the heck? Uh, A word of mouth strategy. That's a strategy that says we're not going to spend a lot of money. 
but we're going to tell a story and let the world tell our story for us. Nordstrom's was like that. Nordstrom's is just yet another really nice upscale department store up until stories about how their customer service and their, their staff would go to any lengths to make the customer happy, that they would accept returns of things they effectively didn't sell, that they would deliver the suit to wherever it needed to be delivered to to make sure it was on time for the wedding or the business proposal. They would tell stories and communicate that stories to generate word of mouth, kind of a viral strategy, if you will. And Lord knows viral strategies are very hard to develop and manage and maintain. Um, or count on, but there it was. That was their strategy. Their talent strategy was, we are going to let everybody know what kind of place this is to work. And then if people like it, they will find us, right? Those are different strategies. Those are all very, very simple. They're very easy to explain to someone coming outside. There's still lots of room for interpretation from a tactical standpoint. Do you decide to make video for any of those strategies? I can see the argument for, and I can see the argument against. It's up to you. How does that video, that tactic, support the strategy? And that's your job. Once you've developed the strategy, how do you pick tactics that support that strategy? How do you pick cost-effective tactics that support that strategy? Now, the part of developing a strategy is a process. And this is where things get messy. And if you Google this stuff, um, you see all these different decisions on how to develop a strategy. And most of them, again, are about planning. They're about doing research, but they don't say what you're researching for. It's very, very fuzzy, which is why I think half the battle of why people don't know what a strategy is is because people don't define how to make one. And you're not taught how to make one. Um, you know, when you talk about strategy, you're always talking about chess. You're always talking about war. And how often are you playing chess? And how often are you declaring war on another country? Probably pretty unlikely. Um, I mean, I don't know what you do with your chessboard these days, but there you go. It's not a skill we're trained on. We don't develop it. Uh, it's very rare. Even business school, you don't do a lot of business strategy because an MBA program is effectively saying, we're going to teach you how to execute somebody else's strategy. Someone already decided the brand strategy is to become famous to housewives, go execute it. Our brand strategy is to be the perfect complement to some other product, go execute that strategy. Our brand strategy is all about being luxury, being seen as luxury and perceived as being high end. Great, go execute on that strategy. That's what you're taught in business school. Where do they teach what the business is or what the strategy is? That doesn't happen very often. So here's a nice kind of outline of how you should be approaching your strategic development. That is, how are you going to develop what your employer brand, your recruitment marketing, your recruiting hiring strategy is? It's very simple. And in fact, I've already gone through it. But let's highlight it. First, what are you trying to achieve? Now, that may seem simple. That may seem obvious, but it's not. The, the, what you're trying to achieve isn't to hire talent. Maybe what you're trying to achieve is to hire a lot of talent. Maybe you're trying to achieve hiring a lot of talent geographically, or you're trying to hire deep talent in one location or one industry or one, you know, you're only hiring nurses and you're, you have a big nursing strategy. So how do nurses, how, what do they want? What do they care about? Where do they go? What is the strategy for reaching the nurses? That's a valid starting point for strategy. What are you trying to achieve? Maybe you're trying to achieve, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe you're trying to achieve how to do it cost effectively, how to lower our prices and still achieve that. That's as just as valid a purpose or intention for a strategy as hiring a million nurses. Maybe it's we need a strategy 
And the purpose is to hire a lot of people in a place we don't have a lot of brand recognition. Right? If you're an American company and you're going to Ireland, they may not have a lot of awareness of who you are. So you, what you're trying to achieve is brand awareness and hiring via brand awareness. So that what are you trying to achieve? That's step one. So define that. Get really, really good at that. Because the better you define that, the, the better your tactic selection process is going to be. You're going to be able to say yes to video or no to video because you're going to understand very, very well what you're trying to achieve. If your goal, and this is funny and facetious, I know, but if your goal is to hire a lot of blind people, video is not the tactic that supports that strategy, right? Simple as that. A lot of other tactics that will. You just got to know if you have to understand the intention. Step two. What is the environment? A lot is made. If you go back to Book of Five Rings, if you go back to, there's a lot of great books about strategy, but you talk about a lot of times that battles were fought in an environment, right? Because this battle was fought and the enemy's back was against a river, they were limited by what they could and couldn't do, and the opposing force made decisions based on that. You have to understand the environment. Is your business in a recession? That's the environment. Is your business growing? That's the environment. Do you have one major competitor? That's the environment. Do you have a million competitors across a lot of different industries? That's your environment. Understand your environment. If you're trying to go get to Ireland and hire, what's it like hiring in Ireland? What's different culturally? What is the, the economy like there these days? I don't know. I don't know Ireland very well. But you have to know the environment. You can't assume taking whatever strategy you have that worked for America is going to work anywhere else because it's not going to. You have to understand the environment. That's step two. Step three, how will we win? How will we achieve that victory? How will we achieve that result? Right? This gets a little closer to the strategy itself. If the goal is to get big, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to sell more products and we're going to reinvest the revenue back into business generation. That is how we will execute the strategy. That is part of that strategy. Now, you have to be honest with these steps because if you say, in that case, we're going to just take all, all our revenue and, and invest it back in the business, but you don't have any revenue, you have a crap strategy. It is a strategy that doesn't work because you're basing it on assumptions that are not true. Strategists have to take a completely objective viewpoint on what is, not what they want it to be, not what they hope it will be. Again, strategy. Hope is not a strategy. They have to say, this is what is. This is where we are. And I think any good strategy has a, has a geographic factor in it, meaning there's a sense of here's where we are and here's where we want to be. Here are the things in between here and there. But if you don't and are not honest with where you are, you are never going to get to where you want to go because you will not have mapped out the obstacles in your path. You will not know what resources you have. You will not have been honest understanding your particular concept, your particular uh, situation currently. My last full-time job, when we built a strategy, my first question is, what do we have most resources of? And by the way, that's point number four. What resources do you have? And the, what I came up with was, it's not money. It's not even brand awareness because it's spotty in certain locations and not in others. 
because we have a big geographic footprint, it's going to be hard to manage and choose different strategies for places where we have high brand awareness and low brand awareness. That's complicated and hard to manage. What do we have access to? Do we have access to a celebrity uh, spokesperson? No, we didn't at the time. Do we have access to products that we sell? Yeah, but because a lot of these products are being drop shipped from other people, I don't have any control over it. Meaning I can't put, hey, here's our employer brand strategy, our tagline, and put it on the tape that tape all the boxes because we weren't centrally managing those boxes. What did we have access to? People. And our entire strategy was based around the resource of having a lot of people. Not a lot of resources, not a lot of money, not a lot of cash on hand, and not a lot of brand awareness per se, but to focus on the people. That is the resource we had the most of, and that is what we leveraged. If you are sitting on four million mouse pads, that may be seen as a thing that is stupid. That Who needs a mouse pad anymore? Mouse pads are dumb. If you have four million of them, I bet there's a way to leverage them. Maybe not as mouse pads. Maybe you use them other ways. Maybe you turn them into sculpture. Maybe you turn them into an art installation. Maybe you give them away as a joke to generate brand awareness. I don't know. But if you've got a lot of something, that's a resource you should be tapping into. If you have, here's the reason why a lot of companies spend a lot of money on brand awareness because they have the money. Simple as that. If they didn't have the money, they couldn't spend the money. And if money is great because it makes things happen very quickly, I can spend a lot of money on a Super Bowl ad and in 30 seconds I can have all millions and millions of people aware of my brand. That is the fastest way to get a lot of people aware of my brand, right? If I don't have any money, what do I have instead? And that is the function of strategy. What resources do you truly have at your disposal? So the, the model for developing a strategy is what are you trying to achieve, what is the environment or ecosystem in which you're trying to achieve it, how are you going to win, and what resources do you have that will support the how you're going to win. When you're developing your employer brand strategy, and it, part of this process is very defensive, you're going to come up with a strategy and your boss is going to say, well, yeah, but we also have to do Glassdoor. Yeah, we also have to do Indeed. Yeah, we also have to do recruiter outreach or whatever, referral packages, or I don't know pushback. You've got to be able to delineate between a strategy and a tactic. And until you know the strategy, again, videos for blind people, right? Until you know the strategy, the tactic you cannot make a decision on. But that's how you develop your business's talent development, talent acquisition. Hey, there's another one, development. Development might be your entire strategy. Anybody who comes in the door, you are going to grow them like crazy. That's a whole other strategy that's kind of similar to the enterprise holdings ones. But that's how strategies work. Again, strategies are simple. They're very easy to define. You can say them in a sentence half the time, heck, even more than half the time. They're obvious, right? We did not, you know, the, the Allies did not win the war by coming up with a strategy that was devious. It was really about, well, we're going to bring as many guns and machines to, to bear as we can on this problem. We're going to overwhelm them because Germany is spread too thin on the Russian front. That's the strategy. That was the one that won. It wasn't the first one. First one was a lot of defense. The first one, the one after that was maybe we can be a little conciliary. I don't know. Then as they started, as you know, the Brits and everybody and the other, other allies that weren't America because America took forever to get into this one, um, and as they were became surrounded and became overwhelmed, they had to switch strategies because the first strategy or two did not work. And that strategy was, look, we can only hold them off for so long. We need more. And that's where America kind of came in. That's the strategy. Using the wrong strategy, 
doesn't get you where I want to want to go. And until you nail down a good strategy, you can't make the decisions, the tactical decisions as to where to deploy the army, where to deploy the tanks, where to deploy the spies, or all the other stuff. And I'm really thinking Stratego more than anything else, I think, um, which says a lot about me, I guess. Anyway, that was our strategy episode. I have a quick surprise. You don't know this yet, but if you look back in our archives, ah, a long time ago, very long time ago, two years ago, I used to try and do this as an interview podcast until I realized I'm bad at interviewing. That has not changed. So I don't want to do interviews. So I didn't do any interviews. But I thought, God, I'm sick of my voice. Maybe you are too. So I'm going to bring in some people to talk with. It's not an interview podcast. It's a conversation podcast. Uh, we, I literally just recorded the very first one. Special guest. I'll tell you about it next week. I'm teasing you, yes. But I think if this if it worked so well, I'm going to start inserting more of these conversations with my friends and people I think are amazing to try and get other perspectives and other experiences into this podcast to continue to make this podcast as good as it can be. So keep an ear out for that that's next week you're gonna see you're gonna see and hear the first one super pumped about this so with that can't wait to see you next week tell all your friends share this with people you love i guess uh and don't forget review us rate us share it all that good stuff uh we appreciate that thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye well the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the talent cast If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, If you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at The War for Talent. At The War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.